Good morning. Welcome to 15 Minutes of Sane. I'm your host, Nicole. Today, I want to talk about learning that an answer to prayer may look different than we envisioned. You know, so often when someone will call you, text you, you know, give you a little hug and to ask for some prayer, you know, we sit down and we're praying for whatever it is they're asking for. However, when we're praying for whatever it is they're asking for, we're actually already envisioning that God is going to answer that prayer just as they've asked for it because we've prayed it and we've asked it and that is what he does. But that's not exactly how it goes. So, you know, so often your answer to prayer may be different than what you thought it would be. It may uh, not come the way you thought. I remember years ago, it's only been probably two years now that a friend of ours had passed away. And I prayed every single day that he would be, um, the one that, you know, God would use him as an example of, you know, all that he could do, how powerful he was that, um, you know, he would be able to be a walking, breathing, living testimony. And I felt like I was asking for something that was reasonable. If it was part of his plan, then it would have been reasonable. But if it's not part of his plan, which often the things that we envision are not, it's because what we are capable of envisioning, believe it or not, is so small that the bigger plan, the huge opportunities that God provides for us are often so much larger and so much grander and so much more involved that even as big a prayer as I felt like that was asking for my friend to be a walking testimony for the greatness of God, I felt like I was asking for the world that his plan is even far exceeding that. And so when we're struggling and we're trying to come to terms with why wasn't our prayer answered or is God real or, you know, if we're taught to pray, but they're not getting answered the way we think they should be answered. Why, why pray? What, you know, is he real? Uh, You know, why should we continue to ask for things we're not going to get? And, you know, my pastor, again, I've told you guys before, He says all the time, if I knew what God knew, I would do what God would do, but I don't know what God knows. So I have to go on faith and that faith is a a whole nother aspect of it. Yes. You pray with faith. You know, I often, you know, tell my daughter, for example, you know, you pray about it and forget about it. Give it to God because you're not really giving it to him if you continue to hold on to it and you continue to worry over it and fret over it and fiddle with it and try to manipulate it and try to control it and try to get the outcome you're after, then you really haven't given it to God. You've just shown it to him here. Look at this. I have this little wee problem. Could you please fix this? But he can't fix what he doesn't have, which you haven't given to him. And he'll fix it according to his plan, not according to your plan. He'll fix it according to the greater plan And we are so limited, even when we think we're asking for huge asks that we couldn't possibly envision the greatness that his answer is. And we may not 
even really ever know the the whys. We may not ever see the whole big picture. Um, but what we do have to do is operate on the faith that it, whatever happened, whatever's going to happen is a part of his plan. And his plan is much larger and far bigger and far greater than any plans we could make. And this is saying a lot for someone who's a type A like myself. I make massive plans and I'm down to the scheduling every nanosecond. And, you know, I've got times and stickers everywhere about turn this on at this time, turn this on at this time. I, you know, if I'm hosting a get together, I'll actually, you know, lay out on, you know, wherever I'm displaying food, um, you know, examples of how I want it. And if it doesn't look the way I want it, I redo it until it gets the way I want it. And then I put sticky notes. This goes here, this goes here, this goes here, because I am major at planning. But my plans, as huge and as big and as sometimes elaborate as I feel like they are, they're so tiny in comparison to his massive plans and his needs for our lives. And, you know, we just struggle with really coming to terms with why our prayers are not answered the exact way we thought they would be answered, that we feel like we know he's an almighty God. We know he can do this. So why, why isn't he doing it? But it's not part of his plan. And we have to fully submit and give to him the, you know, ability to, um, show us in his way, how mighty he is. And so we began because we don't know what he knows. We don't know why my friend had to die. We don't have the answer for that. But what we do know is through his death that more people came to Jesus in prayer. So that was an opportunity. We do know through his death that his family was able to demonstrate their faith, their resilience, their strength, their tenacity, their determination, which again, that would not have been necessary had he not died. And so again, that might be part of the plan. I have no idea what his big plan is, but I do know that even in times of not getting our prayers answered the exact way we envision them being answered, that there is still opportunity and growth and positivity and something to learn from, something to, you know, drive the next opportunity, the next uh, train. You know, sometimes, you know, you can look at it like you're following uh, maps. So yesterday, my husband and I were going on a date to supper and we were in a city we don't very often visit. And I had mapped us to the stake place we were going to. And we missed a turn. Now, normally we would have been looking for a place to turn around, go back and catch that turn. But maps just real quick said, oh, don't worry about it. I've got you a turn right up here in eight tenths of a mile. Just turn here. And so making that next turn, while it did look like it was the wrong turn, it actually made us get to the restaurant two minutes earlier, for whatever reason, I have no idea. 
we got to go through this beautiful scenic drive that we would not have had had we been on the other turn. And, you know, we all in all still made it back on track. I mean, literally that little detour that we thought was going to cost us time, saved us time and gave us some beauty that we would not have seen otherwise. We would have been just straight on the highway and we would not have seen this old neighborhood with these beautiful homes and, you know, these lush, huge trees. I mean, you think about it so much of the world, the trees are gone in major communities because of urban development. And, you know, people just don't get to see all those big, lush maple trees hanging over roadways and shading yards and all that greatness. And so we would have missed that opportunity had we done what map said, but we missed that turn by accident. We're, I mean, we're holding the map up. It's telling us to turn, but it was actually, you know, telling us to turn after this light, but it actually was the light we were supposed to turn at. And so because we missed it, we were offered an opportunity to see something different. And that's kind of how I have been looking at prayer, you know, just because he doesn't answer it the way we envisioned. Um, my friend did not get to be a walking, living, breathing testimony to the greatness of God. But through his death, we were able to see all the other things that do show the greatness of faith, the greatness of mercy, the great greatness of grace, the greatness of the God that, you know, we serve and how mighty and powerful he is and what a source of comfort he is when it's your faith that is the only thing you have to go back on. And realizing, of course, that not everybody is a person of faith, but everybody has something that brings them some comfort that is something they can always count on, whether it's your parent or a a friend or a confidant or, you know, exercise or reading a book or sitting in a hammock, whatever it is that you can always count on to be there for you is that source of comfort. Well, here with this, you know, not this prayer, not actually getting answered the way I prayed so fervently for, uh, other things were demonstrated and other things were shown and Really, it gave me the opportunity to just be in awe of his family and in awe of their resilience and in awe of their strength and in awe of their faith actually being cemented better and uh, being stronger than ever and how they came through that, not bitter, jaded, and angry, but grateful for the opportunity, grateful for the the knowledge that they will see him again, and grateful for the comfort that he is no longer in pain, he's no longer suffering. And isn't that really what was meant by we wanted him to be a living, breathing, walking testimony? I wanted him, I mean, he could have still been here and been in pain and been suffering, but did I really want that? No, that's not what I really wanted. What I really wanted was for, you know, God to have cured him. And if that was part of his plan, he would have, but that's not part of his plan. And so again, that 
de- demonstrated the tunnel vision of my envision of what my prayer would have looked like had it been answered. And it was so small in comparison to all the great that I ended up seeing, all the great that I ended up witnessing, all the great uh, that, you know, this challenge brought an opportunity for people to demonstrate love in ways that you can't even imagine. I mean, you know, I have a, I, one of my ministries at church is a care team. And so we answer the, the call for need, whether it's a meal or, uh, you know, somebody to mow for a person who's, you know, unable to mow, you know, age, health, whatever, um, you know, just little things that we can do to bless them with whatever, you know, new baby, couple meals, that kind of thing. So it's really an opportunity to just love on people through a, you know, an act of service. But, um, through this care team, we do the bereavement meals and things like that. And I had so many people calling me and asking me to please find something that they could do for this family. And I mean, hundreds of people calling me. And it was so overwhelming that I thought, my gosh, they're not going to need to make food for a month. And it ended up that was actually what happened. So my care team, we did our standard three days and the funeral, but they had so many people wanting to love on them because of their impact in everybody else's lives, that that love came back to them tenfold. And again, we would have never seen that had my prayer been answered in its narrow tunnel vision way that I was asking, but through the opportunities that my seemingly unanswered prayer went were so many other answers and so many other opportunities. And so I feel like, you know, when we're praying, we really need to recognize that everything isn't going to go exactly as we want it. It's going to go how he intends it. And we need to be looking for that silver lining. It's not going to be painted in a bold in front of our face going, here, look at me, I'm the silver lining. But we need to focus through faith on the silver linings. So, you know, that's um, the message I want to encourage people to look at this week. You know, when you're sitting down in prayer or someone's contacting you, pray with the faith that you know, even if your prayer is huge, he's bigger and he can handle it all. So uh, pray with your community today. If someone asks you for prayer, stop what you're doing and pray right then. Give it to God. And uh, we'll, we'll touch on a similar topic later on in the month for this. But in the meantime, make today so awesome that tomorrow gets jealous. Have a good one, everybody.